Hey everyone, I'm Stephanie, host and head bookologist here at the Get Literate Podcast. I'm a book-loving, notebook-cording reader and writer on a mission to change lives one book and one notebook at a time. On this podcast, we explore the power of bookology and leading literate lives. We talk all things books and reading and notebooks and writing mixed in with mindful practices and creativity to create lives we love. You can expect regular weekly episodes focused on three books you need to know about on a bookish theme and how to bring those themes to life in our actual lives too. You can also expect author interviews, notebooking inspiration, and topics to help us grow through what we go through and take inspired action to make our lives better. So grab a notebook and your TBR list and let's get literate. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Get Literate podcast. I am so excited to welcome the guest I have here today because it's an example of a little bit of reading and writing synchronicity. Recently on episode 72, I talked about getting our writing inspiration from books and pulling out compelling book quotes and writing about them in our notebooks. And today I have a guest that took that inspiration and ran with it in a very creative way, much more creative than myself, and started putting the book quotes into her junk journaling. So Jen Begin is here today to tell us all about it, to introduce us to the world of junk journaling, and even share a few books that she recommends for us to read too. So welcome, Jen. I am so glad you are here to help me understand a style of journaling I have not yet tackled. I'm ready. <laughs> uh, hi, Stephanie. Thanks so much for having me. Um, I'm so excited to be on your podcast and uh, excited to share junk journaling with you. Um, I feel like I want to pass you my autograph book. Did you have an autograph book when you were younger? I, I had did. one. <laughs> and it was a big deal to get autographs. And I fall and I listen to all your podcasts. And so it's so fun to meet someone that I listen to. And I've you know, um, done some, read some of your book recommendations and obviously done some of the um, tips you give for journaling. So I feel like I'm so excited to meet someone famous in my world uh, that you share your information so uh, generously in your work. So thank you so much for having me today. Um, oh, I for that. That was so sweet. You've just made my whole day. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, the autograph book is a little bit like a junk journal, right? If you think back to one of the reasons I like junk journaling is that when I was in grade five, that was one of the things I loved to do was make collages and just play around with no expectations, right? Nobody was going to watch your little scrapbook. Nobody else was going to look in your autograph book. If you wanted to share it, you could, but it was just somewhere for you to play. And so when I started to explore junk journaling, that's kind of the idea as I think back to my grade five self before there were too many, like you say, red marks and yeah. too many marks, uh, you know, C's or B's on my artwork. So, um, but I'll introduce myself. My name's Jen, I come from uh, Canada, uh, what some people call Canada near Toronto. I'm a teacher. I am a music teacher for 16 years and a educator for 23. And part of that time I was actually a teacher librarian as well. So I love to read and um, I've been a member of a book club for over 20 years, uh, at least one. And um, 
And I also, um, you know, I don't have a business in junk journaling or anything like that. This is just my hobby. And also, but I do feel compelled to start to share it with people because I do think that this is something that many women, especially you can be any age, but I'm in my forties. My kids are starting to grow up and a lot of people are looking for somewhere, an outlet to express themselves or, and I think, or a hobby, but it, you can also think of it as a way of self-expression. And yeah. so, um, yeah, I explore lots of things in my journals. I'm, I write, I, uh, draw, I glue, I imagine, and, and I use a lot of junk and I do it from an eco-conscious, environmentally friendly, um, perspective as I, part of my heritage is, uh, indigenous and my family comes from treaty nine territory here in, uh, Canada. And so I also feel like when we create, when we're doing, especially things that maybe are more, uh, of 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 your passions that we need to also find ways to honor mother earth and try to you know it doesn't mean going to michael's and buying all the things to be junk journaling and i think it should be accessible for people and you know and a part of it is money but part of it is also time and going to get all those things and then you just have more things i think a lot of people could junk journal if you're anything like me you could junk journal with lots of things in your house already and yeah. it's a great way to use things up. Yeah, I was just thinking of that. If I if I went to my literal junk drawer, I've got two of them in my home. If I went to my box in my basement that has my old art supplies when the kids were little, um, I am sure that I could find a whole bunch of materials as well without ever setting foot into a Target bin or mm -hmm. craft store. But let's, can you define for me sure. what junk journaling is for those of us that might not be familiar and this could be the first time they hear this really cool term well junk journaling can be a lot of different things but what, what i how i consider junk journaling is it is using found materials to create some kind of art on your pages and maybe you don't want to say art because it feels like too heavy of a word um but also to create a background for your writing sometimes some people really like the blank page i don't um, it can be intimidating. So when you decorate that blank page up, a lot of things can emerge. There can be, especially when you're collaging on a junk journal page, then there's little boxes for you to write things in. You don't have to feel like you need to fill these lines. Uh, so junk journaling is just a way, is, is another, it kind of brings in the creative art side or expression with, uh, some kind of writing but again you don't even have to write in a junk journal it could all be images images can speak a thousand words right yeah. so um sometimes it's easier to talk in images and it's also a place you know a junk journal is a place for all of the bits and pieces that you collect in your life to go um and and they're not necessarily you know a junk journal is not a memory book either it can be but it doesn't have to be so you know a lot of times if you're a scrapbooker, if you've had like some scrapbooking past, many people have had a little bit of scrapbooking in their past. It's not quite like that for me anyways, for me. And it's also not a linear process when I junk journal and that makes it really fun. So to me, junk journal is, has a lot of freedom and it also brings in that element of play, which isn't very, uh, which isn't a dominant thing in our lives a lot of the times, right? There's a lot of rules for everything.
Yeah. And it can be hard when you don't have rules as well. Um, I've, I've made journals with women. I, I'm in, I, you know, try to get women involved in these things. And when I made some junk journals with women recently, it was really hard for them to even sometimes cut the page. They did not, and even though this is junk, like it is a magazine, you don't owe it anything. Some, but six people have already read the magazine. But there's something about this worthiness that sometimes can come out in junk journaling, which is really interesting. And it's the part that I love because it takes journaling and, and art into a more self-expression, into a more spiritual place for me um, uh, personally. But it can be, it doesn't have to be that deep either. Yeah. So, oh, there's so many things I want to say and I want to ask and I have to figure out which one I want to say first. Um, so I, the kind of notebooker that I am, I love having lots of different kinds of notebooks. I know some mm -hmm. people who just want one notebook and they do all sorts of writing in it, reflective writing, creative writing, quote journaling, all of the things. And they just have the one book. I am a polygamist notebooker. I've got the gratitude notebook, the quote notebook, the morning page notebook, the creative notebook. I like the stack. I just love the stack of a notebook because I feel like it gives me flexibility to have a particular purpose for mm -hmm. what I need that notebook to be. And as you're talking, my mind is spinning with, so a junk journal basically is another kind of notebook that can be whatever I want it to be. Mm but it's layering in more creativity or layering in more process, I guess, than I would give my notebooks. I am one of those people that when I open up a brand new blank notebook, I'm not scared of the page. I used, mm. to, be, I used to be afraid to write in a brand new notebook and I've lots of you know hours of notebooking has gotten me over that. But for me, the idea of opening and maybe it's the difference between opening a beautiful junk journal that I see online that I desperately want versus making the junk journal. I'm the one holding my hand up here that says, recovering perfectionist, I am too afraid to write on this beautiful page. What do I write? How do I do it? What if it doesn't turn out okay? And so I feel like you are speaking directly to me when you're saying, People are afraid to cut. Someone else has read this six times. I, I love that because that is definitely where my mind goes, even though it's junk journaling and I get that it's about the process. I am definitely someone with struggles with what will the product be? Mm -hmm. what, do, what do you do for us women who are too afraid to cut and paste and you know make a mistake on the page when it essentially it's supposed to be a, a whole page full of process. Well, I think that part of it is, is that we have to acknowledge that and then say, we don't know what this page is going to look like when we're finished. And for myself, I used to get really caught up in putting something on a page and thinking that I had to finish that page. And that's where I mean that junk journaling doesn't have to be linear. So what happens for me a lot of the time is this, I'll have a journal and I'll just take all these papers that I like and I just start collaging them. It just, as soon as I start with one, I don't know where I'm going. It's very difficult sometimes. And, but it's fun. Once I start, then like I, you know, if I'm cooking something on the stove, it's burnt because I have not, <laughs> I've lost myself in this, in my creativity. And so for me, when I make a junk journal, um, I'm not always 
thinking, okay, today I'm going to write about this and I want to make a page that looks like this. It's more like, here's the materials I have. What do I feel like doing today? So today I might glue, glue a bunch of stuff on and then I might decide that I want to paint a little bit here and do the, the and I might want to finish a page that session, but I also might not. And that's okay. And I'll come back to it. So it's not like you, it's not linear in like your notebooks where you're filling the page and then you fill the next page and the next page. This is like, you're jumping around everywhere for okay. me. Okay. Uh, uh, that's how I find it. That's how I like to do my junk journaling. I yeah. also know that you can always cover it up. Yeah. If you don't like it, you can cover it up. And there's also something to be said for the difficulty of covering something up. Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of times when I put something on the page and then I kind of, I don't love it, but I really don't want to cover it up because I really like that image, but it's one page. Make a choice is what I say to myself. Yeah. And what do I really want to do? That means for me, I have to kind of um, really think, maybe feel into my body, which, which, what, like make a choice, get going, get moving and just, just start gluing down and then what happens is sometimes I'll have a page when I was first started in my practice I would have a page and it would really bother me that I had done like pages beyond it mm -hmm. I could I and could I that. and it's like then I'm like I need sticky notes just in case I don't come back and finish this page <laughs> and then I realized after a while then I would come back to this fully formed page beautiful six months later and I know exactly what I want to write on it because then I listened to your podcast and I got this quote or because then I was like, oh, this page is really speaking to this embodiment quote that I, I love or I'm thinking about this and it, this is the page I need and it's ready. Yeah. So junk journaling is not like you, you, you glue, you paint, then you write. When people do workshops, that's how they show it. But they also make a lot of people that I've listened to because at first I thought I was the only one that did this. When I started to listen to other junk journalers, they have the very similar process. That, right? that makes perfect sense to me. And I can already feel my shoulders kind of relaxing a little bit because that is what I was thinking of. Okay, what am I going to write about first? How am I going to make it look, mm. you know, junk journaling style on the page? And then how and where am I going to write on it without messing up what I've just created? And, and that was the loop that was playing in my mind that I thought junk journaling was. But what I love that you just said is, you know, kind of my whole philosophy for reading and writing anyway, is it's, it's really a, a metaphor. It's so much of what we bring to our notebooking is how we kind of operate in life. Right. So mm -hmm. the fact that I'm like, oh no, no, you, you can't, you can't turn the page until you finish that one. Or like ah. you said, give me the sticky notes and give me that. But the idea of looking at it as, I, I don't even know if I have the right words, but a process where you're just being, you're just being and feeling. I love how you said in the body, you're just being and feeling and present and you're making choices and later you can change them. Later you might figure it out. Or like you said, six months later, maybe you know something that you want to put on that page. It's a very different way of looking at notebooking, you know, in the traditional sense, mm -hmm. let's say morning pages where every day you write three pages left to right and you keep going. And I think that's probably where my 
fear comes because it is a it's a different way of expressing myself and it's it's putting me a little bit out of my comfort zone of mm-hmm. what's possible and i mean if we were to compare my notebooking life to my actual life you'd see there's lots of type a everywhere yeah. <laughs> and junk journaling is kind of uh like saying hey it doesn't it doesn't have to be that way you can be a little creative how was this something that came naturally to you or did it come quickly where you realized, okay, I can wait six months until I know what's on the page or like, how long did it take you from being stressed about placing the sticky notes to mm-hmm. hey, this is what junk journaling is. And I am all in what, what, what was that process like? <laughs> uh, oh, that's a great question. <laughs> um, you know what? It did take me quite a long time. You know, and I still struggle a little bit with it today. And I have to kind of just keep reminding myself. I have some quotes around my studio that tell me, you know, be present, make choices, all that kind of stuff. Don't let the physicality take over is one of the things I have uh, written down. I think, um, I think, can you just repeat the question? Sorry. Um, Maybe. I was so jazzed up. I I guess, no. no, I do know what I was asking. So you were further along in the junk journal yes. uh, journey than me. And I'm wondering how, how long, long it took you to get yes. comfortable with this kind of uncomfortableness that I know I'm going me, to have. <laughs> I would say, and I'm a part-time junk journaler, right? I'm a teacher right. full-time and I have other little hobbies that I do, but I am, my husband says to me sometimes like, are you okay? You're are you okay? Because you're always journaling. You're always creating. And I'm like, yes, because I just wake up and that's all I want to do. And I'm on summer yeah. vacation. So I just start. Uh, but it took me, I guess, about mm, a few months, a few months to figure that out, that's I would doable. say. And I wonder if somebody had told me if it would have helped me yes. or if it was better that I found out myself. Yeah. Yeah. Catch 22 there. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and then once one of the things that really helped me was when I was affirmed in that thought, when somebody else said, that's how I do it. Even though that junk journaler is just a person who's on Instagram and has a business, she's no different than me. And right. I'm just a person going through the process, except that I am just in my own home. Right. And I'm not sharing it all the time with everyone, but for some reason, this woman saying it made it okay, now I, now it kind of uh, affirmed how I felt before and affirmed my process. And I guess because before I, I never thought so much about the process as the product. Mm. And sometimes we get really focused on the product. You do. Yeah. And so when you're, when you realize that really junk journaling is about the process and that you can embrace that process, then um then I think it's easier to accept that you don't finish it front to back now I still do have stickies on the pages that I'm not done in one book right now (laughs) because I can't turn it off but um I have gotten a lot better and I actually have quite a few junk journals myself like I I am a polygamous junk journal like a journaler I have junk journals and regular journals so I have many different ones and I have struggled with thinking about 
which journal to use when or if I should have it all in one. It's it's yep. quite a conundrum for journalers. But I I know it's like the eternal it's the eternal question. I yes. love what you said though, and I think probably a lot of my hesitancy is because when I do decide to, you know, when I let's say I go on Instagram and I look up junk journaling and I look at these people's beautiful finished products. That is what we often see. Yes. The finished product. And, and it would, I would love to see, you know, a, a camera trained on the journal and fast motion of, you know, the process of how it mm-hmm. came together, because you're right. So much of junk journaling is the process, but what we see on the other end and we get to admire is often just the product. So a reminder, mm-hmm. a reminder, I'm sure there's a really great, great quote somewhere that we could add to our office walls that reminds us about the the process. But do you, do you recommend, so if someone wanted to start junk journaling, do you recommend a particular kind of notebook, certain size? Are they blank papers? Does it matter in terms of supplies? Um, it doesn't matter. Some people like to use just a regular notebook the only with with line pages or blank pages and then they'll just glue right on top it's not my preference because i find if you're just in a i don't know i wouldn't cover up a regular notebook i guess really um and you have to rip a lot of pages out if you're going to use a regular book you have to rip pages out or else when you finish it it will have gator mouth they talk about right okay i have a book here that has major gator mouth so it's huge. Oh goodness, it was beautiful. I wish people could see that. We're gonna have to so put this is one of the first ones I made. It's, it's beautiful, um, Jen. Oh my gosh. Yes, I made this one. I so one of the things one of the things I'd recommend, and I don't know how some of your listeners would feel because I'm I'm telling them to cover up a book and use old books. Oh, in we the process. Love that. We would so love one of the that. things I'm I'm I, one of the things I do is um I use, it's called altered books. So you don't, you could use, you can make your own journal, like you can bind it with with twine or whatever. And I make my own books as well. But one of the things I use are old uh, books. So some of the sizes I like are more like a textbook size. And because I'm a teacher, I do have access to old books when they're throwing them out. Um, and this one is from the eighties and it's a song time book. And right now I just started it. Um, and I rip out a certain number of pages, but this one is about um, all the different provincial parks in Canada, in Ontario, where I live. But I, I want to tell the Indigenous story behind the land because that's something that's missing in our um, provincial parks here. And I also do something here I can show you where um, the background of many of my junk journal pages is my own writing. So, uh, it's kind of almost like a morning page, but there's a lot of things that I write that I don't really want anyone to read and I don't even need to read them again. Right. It just right. needs I, to I come out of my body. Yes. Okay. And so what, what you can do on your junk journals, whether you're using an old book, whether you um, are going to use a notebook is to get out some different colored pens, the pens that you just feel drawn to or whatever, um, and just write. And I write quite large and really just like go for it on the page. And I'll write one layer in pink. That's how I'll start. And then my other color might be purple and green. Then I'll do another layer in purple, maybe bigger or smaller or on a different level from the other text. 
And that creates the back, that's the very beginning. That's the first layer of my journal. And I've already gotten some stuff out and I've, I've laid it out on the page. I've given it space, but now I'm gonna also cover it up. Uh, and, and, and so that's a good way to kind of get your junk journaling started. And then now I've got those colors and those are the colors I'll start to paste on top and, and create something, right? And what I create doesn't even need to be connected to what I first wrote on that page. Um, and really for junk journaling, I think you just need a glue stick. You don't even really need scissors because a lot of what a lot of people like to tear their pages, right? Mm -hmm. Tearing and ripping can be very empowering as well. There's something yeah. to that, yeah, making that choice. <laughs> very therapeutic and um and and so and then you just need some junk and you can find junk anywhere so especially more, like magazines. about the junk tell me about the junk like what kind of junk well i mean i use in i use magazines that you can get for free at the stores i don't know what right. they have in america but like we have a liquor board of ontario and when you go to that store, they always have like a magazine with all the wine in it. And it's like beautiful images and, you know, <laughs> fancy things, not necessarily wine, but wine lifestyle stuff. Right. right. Or if I go to a teacher conference, there'll always be um, oh, yes. some magazines around, whether I use them for the words or just colors or pictures. Um, when I vacation, um, I do a lot of camping here in, in uh, Ontario. And so there's always like little information stops and you can get a lot of beautiful pictures of nature to to use in your junk journals uh flyer i don't it depends on the flyer quality what you want to use um and i would also say you could use your kids artwork um especially if i had little kids i kind of wish that i had done this when they were in kindergarten and grade one and then i could have used their work as my background now i do have a kindergarten i am a teacher so i have access to kindergarten art and a lot of times there's piles and piles of paintings. And uh, one classroom that I go into to teach music to, um, I'll always do art for that little one period with them. And then, I, then I'll be in there and I'll ask the kids, oh, is this anybody's, is this anybody's? And I tell them I'm taking them home for my junk journal. They get so excited. And nobody's collecting that artwork. So you can also use like all those little doodads. And there's a lot of preciousness in, in um, their painting and, and things like that. Yeah, so. that's a beautiful idea. Do you add um, things like washi tape or ribbons or buttons or little? Yes, I add some of that. Okay. Um, I try to not purchase anything. So I don't buy a lot of stickers or washi yeah. tape, but often people will gift them to me. So that's great. And that's a lot of fun to use those. I love those. I make my own... Um, kind of little stickers I out of like a little doodle that I like to do. I have these little stars and these little flowers that I always draw on scrap. And when you cut them out, they look just as beautiful as a sticker. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't have a ton of specialty supplies because I do bind books. I have a book binding kit that I got on Amazon for $17 and it's got enough in it for me to bind books for many, many years. Um, and then I have, um, you know, sometimes I'll use the magazines to cut pages out of, but then, you know, if you want, you can get it into handbound, like handmade journals where you take all the pages and make them into like book pages from different books, Hardy Boys, um, magazines, blank pages, graph paper, 
Um, I use a lot. I try to go when I go to thrift stores. That's where I get a lot of my most of my stuff because then it's secondhand. Um, and especially table books like gallery, mm -hmm. you know, uh, like a table book for your coffee table. I have one of all, all different landscapes. And so whatever you like, you know, gardening, those can be really inspirational. And uh, one thing I do want to say is when you go on Instagram, you can become very intimidated by the beauty of many of mm -hmm. these junk journals. And one of the reasons they are so beautiful is because they spend a lot of money on ephemera. That's what they call that, those stickers and washi tape. And people will buy and buy and buy. And so you also, what one thing I tell myself is I don't have like the fancy alcohol inks, nor do I really want it. I'm happy with what I have and I'm just using up like I went into my kids' old art supplies, right? Yes. And I got out all their stuff. I'll use that first. Great. We should use our, up our stuff. And, um, and, and you could still have so much fun with that. Sometimes you don't, the more things you have, the harder it gets to create. Yeah. Yeah. And the more you have, the more overwhelmed you can feel about even just mm. starting because yes. they are brand new. They did cost money. They do look perfect. And then you're more focused on that product again, rather than the process of just getting your hands dirty, getting in there. Yeah. And I think with junk journaling, I kind of also around the time that I started junk journaling was the time that I thought about the word embodiment. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to start to really am making sure that I'm embodying the things that I like. I can't just say I like to do something. I want to do it. And so I think a lot of times we spend a lot of our time collecting information, but we don't actually get down to the doing. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it doesn't take much. And sometimes making your mark can be a lot more difficult than we think, like just getting and starting and, and making some marks. I even my first junk journals that I made were uh, I had signed my sons up for some drawing classes uh, maybe 10 years ago and they took them and they enjoyed them. But they had these books that these beautiful like watercolor scrapbooks mm -hmm. that they got from this art studio. And I and I thought, I asked them, do you want these books? You know, do you want to save the photos? No, mom, we're good. So then I just used them and I used that as my first junk journals. I just used things around my house that I had. And I'm sure lots of your listeners will have, can think of things in their own house that they might have. Oh, I know we can. I know we can because we have conversations of how many books are stacked up, notebooks we haven't used, things that we have for our notebooks. And some of us aren't using them because we're just overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Some of us aren't because we're worried about what it'll look like on the page. And this gives us an excuse to just be, to just be and do and try. And I've got to tell you, I got, I got little uh, goosebumps when you said bind your own and mix and match from books. Oh my gosh, that sounds lovely to have, you know, from books you love and then the graph paper and then the plain paper. Yeah. Oh. Oh, this is one of the God. ones I made recently. I The journals I make are called Heartberry journals because I stitch in the strawberry, uh, the heartberry or the O'Damon berry for the Anishinaabe people. That's the first berry that comes every summer and it reminds us of love, right? And so I this one I had done some rug I can see this. It's beautiful. Uh, but there's all different pages. And I use, um, I have fabric scraps because my mother's a quilter and a seamstress. Oh, and so and she gives music. me all her fabric oh. scraps. And I also make pockets, right? Pockets and tuck spots are some of the most fun things you can make. If you have a deck of cards that is missing a card, 
then you're not going to be able to use it. And then you can use it as a pocket in your junk journal. So oh, there's lots it. of, once you start, then you find more, you know, little fun bits and pieces to do. And I, I make these, my Heartberry journals, I, I gift to different people all over. That is beautiful. It's beautiful. Will you take a picture of that so I can put it in the show sure. notes so that people can try to visualize what I'm just, you know, eyeing over that? that's beautiful. I love the mix that you had of the fabric, the papers, the, um, I, I'm don't know music Buckets and tags and the musical stands oh, up. Yes. Oh, oh yes. It was Always beautiful. Music. Oh, it was beautiful. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's making me, it's making me want to jump in and like really jump yes. in I'm thinking in my house. Okay. I'm going to get a basket and I'm just going to walk through every room of my home because I know every room of my home will have something <laughs> that I can use. And I'm already thinking of, you know, some old books that are in such bad shape that I just didn't have the heart to mm -hmm. toss that could be repurposed into this. I think I would have an easier time doing that than the blank page because something's already started for me. So I really mm -hmm. that idea. And since I love books, it seems like a really perfect starting point for that. Yeah. Oh, you're very inspiring. Your work is beautiful. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And recently, so you mentioned this earlier, and this is how we connected. You listened to the podcast episode about book quotes, and then yes. you layered in some of those quotes into your junk journal and the pages were beautiful. They looked so mm. wonderful. Have you done that before? Do you love quotes also? Um, I haven't done a lot of that before. I've taken quotes from, say, a speaker that I hear, but I don't always take quotes from books and or music. And I should actually do both because for me, one of the things is that I never, sometimes I don't know what to write down because I don't really want always to write down like what I would write in morning pages. Right. Right. And so um i do a mix now I, with your idea i was like of course i should totally use the quotes from my books especially because as i'm reading them i don't often take notes but i kind of want to mm -hmm. um i i do allow myself to highlight in my books that i own um yeah. and write i love that. <laughs> that's my favorite thing i feel so grown up when i do that and um but yeah so now I've started to use them more. Um, and, and I think it's going to become a regular practice of mine instead of like trying to find something, you know, sometimes I'll go on and I'll look for something on Instagram or on Pinterest, a quote. Now I'm just now recently I've just go to a book, just go to one of my books because they have such great quotes and things that I want to remember. Uh, yeah. yeah. Those yeah. nuggets inside those one liners are so beautiful. Mm. And you know, mine just sit in a plain old notebook written in pencil, top to bottom, left to right. And it would definitely be something because I've been trying to figure out how to bring those quotes out more. You know, I'm writing about them, mm. I'm talking about them. And I do think it'd be a perfect fit. You know, if I had a junk journal, I started with a book and then I layered on some things and then I put a quote layer on that. I think you've given me a new hobby for the rest of the summer. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Well, I, you have to show me how it turns out. You'll have to send me a photo. Uh, um, we'll see how it goes, right? No, no, no. I will. It's the process. It's the process. Yes. 
But speaking of books, I don't want to let you go until you give us a couple of book recommendations because you love reading and writing just as much as I do. So what are what are some books that you could recommend to listeners? Um, well, one book that I just finished yesterday is called, and this is a, po- a book of poetry um, and just musings on life by uh, an indigenous author named Leanne Simpson. And the book is called Islands of Decolonial Love. And in it, it's a bunch of short stories. And uh, she doesn't hold anything back in terms of uh, keeping it real in her writing. Like you hear a real anti-talking, you know, sarcasm, the truth about tough issues, the truth about uncomfortable issues. And, um, you know, sometimes when we, some authors don't put it all out on the page, right? They don't bring the uncomfortable things in. And she does in a very interesting way. She also is trying to get us to think about the idea of colonization and of land use. So one of the things in the book that I really loved was she wrote um, these letters from the Anishinaabeg on behalf of, it, it was like, to whom it may concern. No, you may not use our land to put your locks on, to build your roads on and do this on. On behalf of uh, signed, you know, the turtles and all the water swimmers yeah. on behalf, uh, you know, on behalf of the Anishinaabeg nation. And she wrote many of these letters on behalf of all of the, all of the parts of our, our relatives that can't speak and have no say in what's happening to them. And indigenous people are the people who want to speak for them, right, and protect them. So, but she does it in a way that's, you know, she wrote those letters, and then she wrote about a conversation. Then she writes out a conversation with one of her nephews, and it brings out to point at an into light something else. So I really like that book. It's a bit different, um, but I think it would be very different for your audience. Well, um, I, love different. I love different formats. I love mm-hmm. books that are real that make us think and the the fact Mm. that she is doing that writing from different perspectives that don't have voices that intrigues me a lot so this one is definitely I will I will put on that growing TBR for the summer Mm. and it actually would be a good book to read in the fall or winter as well because there's a lot to think about Um, another book that I would recommend uh, is uh, well anything by the author Richard Wagamese He's a Canadian Indigenous author, and he died far too young, but he has quite a body of work. And he also speaks truth, but, and to be honest with you, I'm not always a fan of male voices and my male authors, but he is the one author that I will listen to every story he tells. He's such a beautiful storyteller. And again, he really focuses on, uh, and a lot of his characters are male characters, but they're very connected to their vulnerability. And he's, and he writes about them with such empathy and like understanding that you can't help but love them you know one of his books he wrote is called ragged company it's a beautiful work of fiction of four homeless indigenous adults in toronto or to toronto who win the lottery and then what happens oh wow (laughs) and a lot of his other books uh he wrote a book called embers which is more you might read one poem from it or he'll write, you know, a teaching. There's a lot of Anishinaabe teachings. If you have people who want to learn more about uh, Anishinaabe or 
indigenous spirituality and, and their connections to the earth, this he is an author to read because he's not telling you in a nonfiction way. He's telling you through fiction, yeah. through beautiful storytelling. So he's an author that um, he has many, many books I would recommend. Um, and a book that I just started this morning that was really good. And I think you were talking about somatic journaling. Yes. And the and and I kind of try to bring some of that into my junk journaling. I'm trying to explore that as well. But into my practice, I guess I would say, um, is there's a book called The Wisdom of the Body by Hilary McBride. And it um is a mix of, I guess it would be nonfiction. She's a Canadian author and she writes about um the disconnection of ourselves from our body and how um society has has created that and then how to listen and tune into the wisdom of your body. And she, you know, she suffered from an eating disorder early in her life and then healed that through her own therapy. And then she has her, um, she's still a practicing in, in Vancouver. And um, it's not just for people who perhaps had an eating disorder, but I think most people are not connected to how their body feels. And, and you know, we, can, we think our mind is separate from our body, but our body is our mind. Yes. And that is a lot to think about and a lot, a lot to think about, to try to embody. So this wisdom of the body is, is going to be an interesting read. I I'm recommending it because I already know how good it's going to be. And I've already loved it. So well, I know I'll love it too, because this is just something that's been fascinating me recently. And it's, it's one of those things where it's like, why didn't we know this? Why did I know about this? How, how did I not know about all these different connections that could serve us so well that no one talks about or is the woo woo stuff or is the stuff mm. you know, that medical doctors just don't even let you get near when you're trying to help yourself live the happiest, healthiest, most wonderful life. It's, it's, yeah, I'm on a new mission as I, mm -hmm. as I, as I keep going. So this one, I don't know. Now I'm going to have to figure out which one of your recommendations I'm going to put to the top of the list it may have to be this one on somatic journaling and then I'll yes I, I think I would put that at the top <laughs> well thank well. you so much Jen I mean all of your wonderful inspiration for junk journaling these wonderful book selections and just the the spirit that you bring to all of this work it's it's exciting it's inspiring and I know people listening are probably just as jazzed up to walk around their house, grab the things and just get started. So can you tell listeners where they can find you? I know this isn't your business. This is your wonderful hobby, but where can they find you to get inspiration and perhaps anything sure. else that you offer later? Sure, sure. Um, I'm on Instagram at Luxybeeg, L-U-X-Y-B-E-G is my handle. Okay. So and I'll add that to find me there. I'll add it to the show notes so they can mm -hmm. find you. And then hopefully you'll send along a picture or two of those beautiful yes. things that you held up and I'll For put sure. those in the show notes too, because they're, they're beautiful and they're inspiring. Mm -hmm. And I will have you hold me accountable, right. And request a picture of mine in a couple of weeks. <laughs> I am going to get started on one for sure. In fact, I'm, I'm thinking I may have to do something inside of my Get Literate community where we just all come together on Zoom and we just start junk journaling together and, and see. Well, invite me. I'll come. 
I would would you love to. I would of course. Oh my gosh, that'd be so fun. Yes. Oh wonderful. Well consider it done. Consider it done. I'll I'll uh, I'll be letting you know (laughs) when when to uh join in. Thank you so much for such a wonderful conversation. It was great and I'm so excited. Well, thank you so much for having me. Loved it. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Get Literate Podcast. You'll find links to all the books, resources, and ideas mentioned in the show notes and at alitlife.com. Plus, if you want more, you might like to join my Patreon community. There, you'll find additional inspiration for your reading and writing life, like bonus podcast episodes, bibliotherapy book calendars, monthly book clubs, notebooking challenges, live events, giveaways, and much, much more. It's only $5 a month, and you get instant access to all of the previous content, too. You can learn more at getliterate.co. And one more thing. If you love what you listened to today, please take a moment to rate and review the podcast or take a screenshot of the episode and text it to a friend. This helps the podcast grow and builds our bookish and notebookish community too. Thanks for listening.